Oh, oh, oh. What? Oh. What's happening? Oh, I got a segment. Oh, I just oh, you, thought of a segment. You got a seggy? I just came up with it. Here I'll, here I go. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Where are you going? Oh god, he left. Oh, well. Welcome back to my podcast where I am the only person on it. Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John, back for this amount of times. Back for the 32nd time. It's more than that, but it's less than a hundred. How many times have we done a, a tele telecast? A telecast? Isn't that what you call it when you're casting through the internet? I think that's called a, a an intercast. Oh, how many times have we intercasted? Uh, well, this episode is like 56 or 57, but then, I don't know, let's let's say 64. Oh, I just mean in terms of uh, how many Skype ones there have been. Oh, you mean like all of the unreleased Skype episodes that we record? Yeah, the, the hundreds of, because God knows every episode that we record on Skype is not worth listening to. No, because usually we're drunk and playing, like, weird card games that are in Russian. Yeah, the, my favorite Russian card game is Brosht. Uh, and my favorite Russian card game is, uh, of course, uh, what is that word? Per- oh, yeah, per- the famous <laughs> Russian card game, what is that word? Exactly, you know? It was Trent, that's the English translation, of course. The uh, the French version is is called how you say <laughs> yes, and, and Spanish of course is como como se dice, and uh, it's a je ne sais quoi, you know je ne sais quoi if you get my meaning. Oh, quoi like that game with the the really difficult controls. Yeah, made by Foddy, I think Foddy made them. Yeah, sure. Where you control a runner, but it's you gotta it's really hard. Yeah, Quop, Q-W-O-P, highly recommended. Henry. Uh, John? Speaking of uh, strange card games. Yes? Uh, this isn't a segment at all, but uh, have you ever played any, like, card-based drinking games other than Boozy Magic the Gathering? <laughs> I've actually played... I don't know the name of it. I think it might be Captain Dickhead? That sounds about right. I've played Captain Dickhead. Where you draw a card and the card tells you what to do or what's happening to the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've played that once, and it was, um... I don't know, I don't get the point of drinking games. I I understand drinking games to some degree, but the problem with me in drinking games is they're always predicated on the idea that I don't want to be drinking. They're like, oh no, it's a punishment. I'm like, uh... I, I was drinking anyway, dog. Yeah, I mean, it. it the, my problem with drinking games is, like, if I'm holding a drink, I'm gonna sip from it, and so it's like, you know, it's not my turn to draw a card, but I'm just gonna keep drinking anyway. I, uh, let's, I'd like to explain the rules of something like Captain Dickhead, to, in case people haven't uh, played the game before. Alright, that's a good idea, let's get everybody on the same uh, card. 
Uh, essentially what it is is everyone, you, you pull from the top of a deck, and whatever card it is, that's a different, like, category, like trivia, whatever. And punishment for not fulfilling the thing is you drink. And a bunch of it is very pretty juvenile stuff, like Never Have I Ever, and, like, water-falling drinks. And it's made for teenagers. Yeah, and uh, it's it's really just designed to get people as drunk as quickly as possible. And I was playing a game recently that I would like to recommend to people as a friendly, uh, low-key alternative to Captain Dickhead. Is it like Corporate Nice Guy? Uh, it's actually called Ride the Bus. That sounds propaganda-y. It's actually, uh, it's pretty fun. You get four cards in front of you. Everyone gets four cards. Okay. And uh, you have to make the following bets against yourself, and when you get a bet wrong, you drink. The first card you flip over, you have to bet whether it is uh, red or black. Oh, so it, it so the cards are face down. Cards are face down. You have to flip the face down card and be like, oh, is it red or black? Flip. Okay. And then the second bet you make, and if you get one correct, you don't have to drink it. You give it to someone else. You give what to some th- someone else? You give the card that you get right to someone else as a token. As a token. And then the second bet you make in the same round is you have to say whether the card that you're about to flip is higher or lower than the one you just flipped. Oh, okay. So it's it's all probability, same rules. If you get it wrong, you drink. If you get it right, you give it to someone else. The third bet you have to make is, is it outside or in between? Is it within the range between the two cards you just flipped, or is it outside that range? So each new card you flip is based on the information from the previous flips. And it's also increasingly unlikely that you'll get it right. Gotcha, okay. And once again, wrong, drink, right, pass. And then the final bet you make is what suit it is. Oh, so you've got a one in four shot. Yeah, you've got a one in, yeah, one in four shot. And if you get them all right, you give them to other people. And everyone does that in turn until everyone's out of cards in front of them. And then whoever has the most tokens that's been given to them by the other players who got things right, they have to ride the bus. What does this mean? Uh, riding the tr- bus is you have to do the exact same thing you've been doing with the previous four cards, except with 12. Oh, God. And uh, the riding the tr- only stops if you get all four correct. But there's 12. Yeah, so... Oh, if you, so there's sets of four. They're, well, there's they're sets of four, but the whole idea is you start and you're like, is it, uh, is it red or black? If it's red and you bet black, you drink. And then they start over. It's like, is it red or black? It's red. You got it right. Then they're like, is it higher or lower? Oh. And and you keep going. And if you get all four correct before you've used all 12 cards, then you stop. And if not, you're just drinking a whole lot. Yeah, it's, it's a fun game because the rules are simple. It's kind of easy to pick up. And it's not uh, overly juvenile. And it doesn't like reveal anything about people or make you waterfall drinks or anything stupid like that. Yeah, but there's still there's still this weird sort of thing thinking about drinking games in general. There there's a weird sort of thing where people could gang up on one person if if they so chose. And that's maybe the thing that I don't like about the the potential behind this game is like since you are passing it to someone to try to get them to drink, it is uh, inherently manipulative and you might be trying to make someone drink more than they should, but I don't know, at what point does that like stop being good fun and start being exploitative well yeah i mean it, it would have to be like a group of people who are like all right we're all gonna make so-and-so drink it doesn't happen by chance you know 
because if you're just playing it for the first time, you're probably just like, oh, here, you know, you're just passing it. And, and I guess you could uh, you, you could say that if you get one right, it always passes to your right or something like that. Yeah. And then you just don't want to be next to a lucky person. <laughs> there are ways to diffuse the potential for it to be like this weird manipulative manipulative thing. I can't speak. Um, where, you know, you don't want people to be able to target people, you know? That's not that's not mm-hmm. in the fun of a drinking game. My favorite Superman villain is the Manipulord. <laughs> the Manipulord? Yes. <laughs> but uh, 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 but now that, uh, now that that's out of the way... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm riding the train. Slow, Henry, go. slow down. Slow your roll. Okay. I was gonna I'm s- so excited to not be on cough medicine. I gotcha. No, but that sounds like an interesting... It sounds better than just, you know, you draw a card and it's like, oh, threes for knees, you gotta drink for how many knees you have or something you know, stupid, something like that. Yeah, it really cuts down on 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 the the juvenile banality of card games by just making it like, oh, it's, it's just a... Uh, it's kind of like drinking solitaire in a way. <laughs> Only you're with a group. Yeah, it's like group solitaire. Uh, well, speaking of drinking games, I actually participated in a in a massive drinking game this past weekend. Oh, was it called Cinco de Mayo? No. Oh, insensitive on my part. <laughs> I didn't go out for. Oh, I thought I was. I thought you were putting something down. And I was picking it up. No, no, no. I, I didn't go out for Cinco de Mayo because that would be insane. I'm in the Southwest now. It's true, you are oh, you are in the city of Wagos. But uh, I went to a theater experience called Master Pancake Theater. Oh? Uh, have you ever heard of a little program called Mystery Science Theater 3K? Oh, Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes, have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have. Now imagine that, but done live. Ooh. Uh, I went to see Master Pancake Theater uh, do Titanic, and uh, it's these four guys who are all comedian veterans, and they just live riff. I mean, obviously they've rehearsed, and, and like there's a script, um, but they live riff this movie, and part of it is they have a drinking game that goes along with the movie, and for Titanic, it was drink anytime a character says the name Jack. Oh, and uh it's you know it starts off if you ever have you ever seen titanic long ago the, the main character's name is jack i think i got that part and um his name is said a lot in the very beginning um and then it's sprinkled throughout but then at the end there's like there there's there's a full 10 minutes where his name is said like every every other word and uh, so, if you're playing along, uh, you get drunk. <laughs> I mean, the point of all good movie-based drinking games, you get pretty drunk. And uh, the the fun part, the funniest part, I think, is they have uh, they had like a uh, a catchphrase that you're supposed to yell out to wreck it to to get everybody to drink, mm-hmm. and they let the audience shout out suggestions, and then uh, the audience. Uh, the, will uh, vote by clapping on which one they want to yell out. Mm-hmm. Um, so our options were never let go, 
you know, other things. But we ended up going with Boats and Hoes. Okay. And uh, it's just really funny that in the most emotional scene in that movie, you know, the scene where Jack's hanging on the door and, and, and Rose is, like, trying to wake him up. Every time she says, Jack, we have to yell out Boats and Hoes. Oh, no. the most emotional part of the movie. And so, like, the, the guys were like, all right, keep doing it, you monsters. <laughs> I uh, That would be much more heartbreaking if they had gone with Never Let Go. Yeah, that that, that would actually be very apt for that that uh, moment in the film. but it, And very inappropriate for the early parts of that movie. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, no, it was a really enjoyable experience, and I highly recommend people check out Master Pancake Theater if they ever get a chance. Hmm. But, and, uh... Master Pancake Theater in, uh, where is that? All over the country? Nope, just in one city. Oh, where might that be? (laughs) Austin, Texas. Okay, there you go. Yeah, um, they do all of their performances in the Ritz Alamo Draft House. On Sixth Street. Oh, Alamo Drafthouse. Yeah, and this is a, a very famous theater called the Ritz, which uh, used to be a live performance theater that is now a uh, movie theater. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out when I'm down there. You should do that. I uh, real talk. Should I take that Friday off? Uh, well, how how do you mean? Like, should I take that Friday off from work and then we can hang? I don't know. I mean, I'm probably gonna work. But you guys are driving along. Yeah, it's gonna take like like eight hours. Um, like if you left around after five, you'd be getting in super lit. I don't know. That's up to you. I don't know. I'll think about it. You should think about it. I like to take any opportunity to take time off of work. Uh, anyway, okay. I have a I have a quick segment since we got the logistics out of the way. Oh, you got a you got a you got a, a hot fresh seggy for us. Yes, I have a, a hot and a hot and fresh a, a hot freshy seggy straight from the oven. Ooh, I like it when they're straight from the oven. Now, Henry, you do, you don't know a lot about me. I don't, but John, we've been podcasting for over a year. Oh, yeah? Well, let me ask you, do I love comic books? I think you are a moderate fan of the genre? That is accurate. Let me ask you a second question. Okay. How much do I like free things? You love free things more than anything else. That is accurate. So if you combine my tepid love of comic books with my burning love of free things... There was a, a certain consumer holiday recently that I took advantage of. Record store day. Yes. Also, I took advantage of uh, free comic book day. Oh, okay. Uh, FCBD 2070. 2070? <laughs> 2017. Oh, I thought you went into the future and got some free <laughs> comics. So, uh, I know that you're not a huge reader of serial comic books. You are correct. I'm usually, I, if I read comic books, they're in co- the collected edition, you know? So, uh, I've got, the, the place that I went to on Free Comic Book Day, number one, I had a girlfriend who got comics as well. Wait, past, and, past uh, tense? What happened? I had a girlfriend at the time, and I still do. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, I had her with me. And I also donated, uh, brag, 
to a local cause that allowed me to get double the amount of free comics. That sounds like you were bribed. So I got a lot of free comics, and what I would like to do, Henry... Yes, John? Is, ...is to read you the titles and some choice details, and since I've read only two of these... I would like you to tell me what they are about. Okay, I can do that. You know, I, I'm I'm very much I'm very much I know I know things <clears throat> very much, and uh, I'm I'm relying on that knowledge of things to carry us through. I mean, it has before in the past, and I can only imagine it will do so now. So there should be twelve comics here. All right, uh, you're gonna have to keep track of that. The uh, the first comic I got is called I Hate Image. I Hate Image. Who is it by? It is by Scotty Young with Jean-Francois Balou. Ooh, Balou. Ba- Bolu. Bolu. Uh, could you at least describe the cover? Uh, the cover says the words, I Hate Image. <laughs> is that it? And uh, then there is a... A, a green-haired uh, small girl holding a battle axe, standing atop a a pile of, of bodies. All right, so this is the story of young Frontilda, a German uh, youth who is just tired of the day-to-day emphasis placed on her appearance. So she dyes her hair green and she grabs a battle axe and anyone who confronts her about her green hair, her green hair, her green hair, she just cuts down with that battle axe until she's got a mountain of skulls and bodies and corpses that she can fashion into a throne. And so that if anyone wants to ask her a question, they have to kneel before her on her throne of bodies. That's probably pretty close. Yeah, um, it's it's a commentary on, you know, the the emphasis on women's appearance in German society. You know, I don't know a lot about German society, but I'm assuming it is dire. The next comic book we have is uh, called Riverdale. Riverdale? I actually know that one. It's got kind of a kind of an Obama Hope poster look going on. Well, that's kind of interesting. And it's a lot of different teens. Yeah, yeah. And they are uh, silhouetted over a river. Well, you see, Riverdale is the name of the Archie, uh, Archie Comics, like, uh, what do they call that, town. And so, mm. I, I think there was a show for a little while called Riverdale that was like, what if there was a murder mystery using these classic uh, Archie characters? And so I can only assume that this is a comic form of that show where you're having these characters who, they're acting not like Archie or Jughead or, uh, like, they're still those characters, but they're not acting like themselves. They're acting like more mature versions of the characters, and they have to solve who killed old man something or other. That seems like a pretty good guess, because this is based on the new hit TV series from the CW. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I, I didn't realize... I mean, it makes sense, because Archie Comics was the source material, and everything is a, is a circle. I, uh, I don't know if it's based on the TV show, or the TV show is based on it. I mean, even though it just said based on the TV show, it's hard to say. The next one is uh, called Faith. Faith? Yes, Faith number one. I'm not sure if this was uh, a free comic book day thing. I mean, I don't see the free comic book day branding on it. I think it was just the first issue that they put out with everything else. Well, you see, Faith is the first uh, religious superhero ever. 
Uh, some people think that uh, Daredevil being Catholic is religious, but he still beats people up. This person simply just talks to people until they decide that doing crime is not worth it. Because you see, this character, Faith, has the superhero ability to never stop talking. And they can just follow people around wherever they go. And, and they, they preach and they evangelize. That's not the word. Evangel... Whatever. They, um, and they try to convert them until they stop doing their crime. I mean, I think that's... Uh... The cover looks pretty much like that. Is it is it like a dove-based superhero? It's a woman in white clothes, uh, and she's either flying or doing the the black power fist. Exactly. One of the two. Exactly, yes. It's very and, confusing. And that is published by uh, Valiant. Oh, Valiant, the, okay. The next comic is called uh, Joe Benitez's Lady... M- Machinica. Oh, Lady Machinica. I didn't know that had come out. I I don't remember picking this one up. Well, that's that's their their new viral marketing. Uh, they kind of slip it into your bag when you're not looking. It's a, a really new way of of like advertising their product. So hopefully you go back and get the next one since you got you know like a free sample. Oh. And a Lady Machinica, as everyone knows, I mean, this is this is really common knowledge. It, it's, she's a lady who's half lady and half machine, and she's trying to find a portal into the future to to get back at her her ex boyfriend who dumped her and then moved to the future. I should hope she's trying to get to the future because it looks like she's in some kind of steampunk past. Well, you see, it's all based in a, a reality where steam is the primary source of fuel oh some people call it steampunk i've never been so ensorcelled or entranced with uh, uh with a, a world ever i th- man that's very unique right oh i have to get my hands on this lady i think it's mechanica actually oh well you would think it's pronounced that way because you're not familiar with the source material and you can't see me but my eyes are closed I'm I'm not familiar with the original Russian. Yes. Uh, so the next one is called Boom 2016 Summer Blast. Okay, this, this you know you're laughing because it's you think it's outdated, but it's really chic right now in comics to be one year behind. And Boom is like a collection of short mini comics by a lot of different artists coming together. And they're, they're like little short vignettes, and it's just like a, you know, in celebration of the medium. Uh, there's not like an overarching story. It's just like a, like a, what do they call that? Like a, not, not a burlesque show. A variety show. Mm. Am I right? Uh, so, did you have foreknowledge of this? Because that is literally exactly what this is. I can only assume that it, because it was one, one word and then a year. I just assumed that's what that was. Yeah, it's uh, people who did the Labyrinth comic, people who did the Adventure Time comic all coming together, making a whole bunch of comics for people to read with their comic-loving eyes. Yeah, I I went to a free comic book day like a couple of years ago and there was something like that. Uh, this one is called Heroine's Preview. Oh, well, it sounds like a, it sounds like a very, uh, you know forward-thinking thing and that it's not it's not the product itself but it's a preview of a product 
It's also forward thinking it, because it features heroines. I uh, I think that anything that's willing to feature heroin as its protagonist is uh, pretty ahead of its time. You know, one day we're all going to be hooked on heroines, but until that day, all we can do is look forward to that time in the form of a preview. I mean, I can't get enough of heroines. I just want to inject them straight into my veins. And you know, they make you feel good, and then, you know, the, the, they quickly leave, and it's like a crash and burn scenario... So you you just gotta get more of those heroines into your system. You know, I, I find that every time I experience heroines, it's not as good as the previous time. So I have to keep experiencing heroines more often. Yeah, I mean, it, it does have a diminishing return in that if you get used to heroines, you're not going to be as moved by future heroines. So you gotta keep, keep finding the stronger and stronger strands of heroines i uh i'm okay with that i want to spend the rest of my life chasing that heroine's dragon oh they made one a dragon that's that's really progressive <laughs> i can't wait to try it so the next one is going to be a bit of a bit of an interesting one okay i'm ready it is archie archie oh that's what it's called <laughs> It's just called Archie. Now, I know people are going to think that this is the, you know, referring to the famous Archie comics, but you could not be more wrong, because this this Archie is about an archaeologist who studies exclusively arches. Oh. Yeah. So he's studying the history of arches, and his name also happens to be Archibald, and he goes by Archie for short. Wouldn't he go for by Arch for short if he loves arches so well, much? Well, no, you see, he's Archie the Archie who studies arches. Oh, it's a portmanteau. Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. So this next one. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know what to make of this one. It is uh, The Walking Dead issue 163. All right. Well, you see, Earth has been destroyed by this plague of zombos. Uh, Zombos are Zambonis that don't die, and they've just paved over everything. Everything is ice, and so the Zombos are literally walking on the ice, whereas everybody else has to skate, because, you know, Zambonis didn't, they don't need skates, they can just be on the ice. And and so it's all about the slow, inevitable, like, people are, you you can out-skate these things, so the people just keep moving forward. But the Walking Dead are always clawing after them, you know, in the form of these zombos. That sounds horrifying. I would actually read that. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm turning around on this whole Walking Dead phenomenon. Oh yeah, but don't be confused, because the TV show's about zombies, but not the comics. No, it's uh, the zombo zombonies. Yeah, the zombos, which are zombies and bonies. So uh, we're coming down to the last four here. Ooh, the final four. It's like a basketball. And I've saved uh, the best for last. All right. So upcoming is Buffy the High School Years. Buffy the High School Years? Buffy the High School Years. All right. Well, apparently you mean at Buffy the High School Years? Yeah, Buffy the High School Years. <laughs> You're trying to tell me they still make they still make comics about people going through high school? The art looks terrible. I, I feel like that's well treaded ground, shouldn't I feel like comics should have graduated to college. 
Uh, oh, you want Buffy the college years. Well, apparently that that doesn't exist. Clearly not. Yeah, apparently whoever Buffy is never got past high school. And you know, I think that's uh, I think that's what it's about. Yeah, it, it, her high school years are continually going on, and they're still being made into comics today. What a horrifying existence! Yeah, you, I mean, it, I, you could stake me through the heart. <laughs> uh, this next one is called Camp Midnight. Ooh, that's the camp that only exists at midnight. Oh, yeah, it, it's a very special camp. It's like a sleepaway camp. Except it only exists for one minute every night at midnight, and uh, this this it follows a young boy who who he, he falls in love with this girl at Camp Midnight, and he keeps trying to get back there so he can like ask for her name and stuff, but every every time he falls asleep and he's just not able to get back there. Oh wait, I I think I I read the I think I read the synopsis. I think I read a Cliff's notes of that. Oh, did you? And uh, the woman, the the girl he's in love with, is the moon. Oh, it turns out, yeah, her name's Luna. Yeah, you you really think it would have you would seen that coming? Well, she he didn't know her name until like the very end, and then he was like, "Oh wait, are you the moon?" And she just kind of like t- becomes the moon. Yeah, she shrugs and becomes the moon. You know, like it's the classic thing: boy finds girl, boy tells girl he likes her, girl shrugs and becomes the moon. And of course, she turns into a waxing gibbous moon because a waxing gibbous is a lunar shrug. Yeah, and he—he's just embarrassed, so he can never see the moon again. So uh, this next one is uh, is a little uh, is a little interesting. Is this the second to last one? It is. All right. This is Serenity Firefly Class Zero Three K Six Four featuring Hellboy and aliens. What? Serenity, Firefly Class 03K64, also featuring Hellboy and Aliens. Alright, well you see, a a Firefly Class ship is a smuggling ship. Everyone knows that. Um, It comes from from Joss Whedon's hit TV show that was cancelled, Firefly. Alright, so we'll get that out of the way. But on this particular trip, and this particular Firefly... It's con- it's it's piloted by Hellboy, and and it, he's just got a bunch of eggs in the cargo hold, and he's told not to poke the eggs. But what do you know? You know Hellboy. He's got that big arm, and what does he like doing with that big arm? He likes poking eggs. So we go. I mean, Hellboy's well-known uh, 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 catchphrase is. Let me poke them eggs. Everyone knows that. He says it in every issue. And so, I mean, whoever hired him for this job was pro- they were just looking for trouble. Because he goes to the cargo hold and he pokes those eggs. And what? next thing you know, aliens. And then you end up with like a Hellboy alien. Yeah, and, and you know what? You know what can stop a Hellboy alien? Uh, no. Uh, nothing. Nothing, it turns out. Man, so nothing can ever stop the primary antagonist of this comic series? It, well, you would need, like, a, a really, a much bigger fist that could poke him, and then maybe he would hatch into a good guy. So you need a an infinitely larger Hellboy to, to, poke, to poke his eggs. Yes. 
Can can God create a Hellboy so big that he can poke God's eggs? Well, you know, I think they I think they did a spin-off what if comic to to explore that, but the art the the writer kind of chickened out and made it all meta. Ah, oh, he chickened out. Yeah. What came first, Hellboy poking the eggs or a chicken? We, we don't know. So the final one, uh, and I'm interested to hear your take on this because I've never heard too much about this. All right, uh, drum roll. Blah 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 Ding! It is Rick and Morty. That's the name of the comic. Yeah. There's no subtitle. Nope. It is Rick and Morty. Bottom line: If you love the show, you'll love the comic Newsarama. Oh, I see what. Oh, the I get it. Are you familiar with a particular film by the name of Harold and Maude? Uh, is that the one with White Castle? No, that is Harold and Kumar. This is Harold and... Then I am not. Harold and Maude is a very, uh... It's a classic film where a suicidal teen falls in love with a widow who is very much older than him. Mm. And uh, it was it's very has a very interesting kind of gimmick where we see the main character kill himself in multiple ways, but everyone who witnesses this happen thinks he's just joking, and it's revealed that he actually has not killed himself. Mm. Uh, and, and Maude, of course, lives in a in a bus, and she, she I don't know they fall in love. It, people get grossed out about it, whatever. So Rick and Morty. They are the the spiritual successor, if you will, of 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 Harold and Maude. Only uh, it's Rick in love with uh, Mortimer, who is a girl. Only Mortimer mm-hmm. is dead. Oh, yeah, it's taken it a step further. You know, Harold and Maude. Maude was close to death, but this time they they're like, let's go the whole extra nine yards and just you know make it a dead person. And so Rick is it has this weird. This weird like love affair with a dead person, and it's their their escapades, if that's the right word. Can you have an escapade with a corpse? I personally have never tried, so I don't know if I can answer that accurately. Is it an escorpade? An escorpade? <laughs> yes. Um, I would. Yeah. If if we want to be light about it, I, I think we can say that. Okay, I would most definitely like to be light about it. Yes, otherwise it's just grim and creepy. Yeah, don't want that. No, 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 no. And uh, that's the last comic. Well, it sounds like you scored a really nice collection of stories and and, and little vignettes. What am I saying? Little vignettes to, to explore in your comic book collection. Uh, Rick and Morty is actually written by Little Big Necks. <laughs> little Big Necks? So that's his name. Wow, I you know I thought he got kicked out of that whole scandal with the internet, but man, it's good that he's still getting work. Yeah, little big necks and Christmas bone villain. Christmas bone villain. That's a new one. They they must. You should let me know how that is so I can check out their work. I'll uh, I'll let you put. Let you, I'll let you know. All right, that sounds great. Man, that's such a good segment. Uh, what was that segment called, John? Oh, that segment was called uh, Hashtag FCBD27D Henry Knows His Stuff. Well, I can't wait until Hashtag FCBD2080 
Henry knows his stuff next year. That's assuming that you still know your stuff. Well, we'll see. I mean, it could be it could be a question mark next year. Ooh, can you put a question mark in a hashtag? Uh, technically, it's at the end of the hashtag, and it's not a part of the hashtag, but I think people would still recognize the validity of the hashtag. Okay, just as long as our SEO presence is high. Oh, man, our SEO is so off the charts that it doesn't even exist. Our sexy executive officer. Completely off those charts. 700%. He's doing very well for himself. He truly is. And you know, that's good because I, I you know, we want, we like, we like giving people a second chance and he, he was a little bit of an ex-con, uh, Grand Larson-C. Larson? Why can I not speak today? And, uh... Yes, Henry? <laughs> Grand Larson-y. And, uh, we, we just went ahead and gave him a second chance and man, he's, he's really, look, dude's ripped. He's he's ripped and he's ripped as hell. He's ripped executive. And he pulls off the little business speedo that we gave him so well. So anyway, it's it's got it's got a tie. And, <laughs> enough about our SEO. Yes, John? Uh, we'll come back to him. Yes, what are we doing? Uh, we're just laying bare the secrets of the zero credits corporate empire, Henry. You know that brings me to a very. Th- interesting phenomenon that i've noticed in our statistics lately that we have not shared yet with our listeners what might that be uh, I, i've been keying you into this over the past two months but sometime in mid-february the country of japan started tuning into our podcast at a very alarming rate oh um, to put this in... I, I know I know a little bit about this, but give me some numbers. To put this into perspective, in the state where we launched our podcast, we have about 503 total downloads last I checked. Mm-hmm. In the country of the Japan, since February, we have a total of 500 downloads. Oh. They're tied. Uh, does that mean we're big in Japan? That means either... We're big in Japan, or something mysterious and unexplainable that I, I I don't know about. See, that's what I'm concerned about because I don't know of any I don't know of any ways that downloading podcasts can benefit like bots or ne'er do wells, right? Like I, I don't think anyone's reselling our content or anything like that because we would know about it. We uh, we need to do some investigation and get to the bottom of this. How, what, how do you investigate? Well, what do you do? Uh, we just go on Japanese Google and start searching for zero credits. Is there such thing as Japanese Google? Yeah, it's Google.Japan. Can we do that right now and check it out? I don't think that's actually a thing. Oh, Google.Japan. man. I was excited because I wanted to know about why we're so popular in Japan all of a sudden. Look, we'll we'll do some deep spotlight style investigation, and then come back with something next week, maybe. Like in the in the movie Spotlight. Yeah, I watched that again. You saw it twice. Yeah, I saw it when it was on Netflix, and I saw it when uh, when it was ordered on DVDs dot com. Well, that's interesting. I uh, I would like to say one thing to our uh, Japanese listeners. What would you like to say? First of all, uh. Konnichiwa, Moshi Moshi, if you consider a podcast to be a telephone. 
Uh, and uh, Ohio Gazemas. Wait, so they say they say mushy mushy when they're talking on a telephone? Yeah, when you pick up a telephone, they say mushy mushy. Just like how when you pick up a telephone, you say ahoy hoy. Of course. Uh, so, John? Yes. Google Japan is a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm at google.co.jp. Mm-hmm. And I've typed in Zero Credits Podcast. And is it just giving you the America results? It, it is giving me the America results, but it's all in Japanese. Great. Um, and we are the top results. All th- top three results are us. That's uh, would that be the case in America, Google? Well, let's check out America, Google. I know this is this is super exciting for our listeners. Um, America, Google. So just Google.com. Type it in Zero Credits Podcast. The results are identical, so maybe that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> uh, well, oh, I thought I was, I thought I was onto something. I'm sorry, everybody. Look, we'll just have to do a little bit more investigation. Like what? What, what could we possibly do? Um, let's talk to some Japanese people. I don't know any Japanese people. Oh, I've got you covered. Wait, really? You know some Japanese people? I know the president of Japan. What's what's his name? Uh, Shinzo Abe, I think. Yeah, okay. That's real. Shinzo Abe? Yeah, Shinzo Abe. Oh, Shinzo. Okay, that actually sounds more real. Don't you doubt me. I would never, I would never dream of doubting you. Me and Shinzo are like this. I can't see whatever you're doing. He's the president of the Liberal Democratic Party. And while you're at it, can you check into Germany? Uh, ch- check into to Google Germany? Well, it's just, we, we, I mean, look, it, it, it's like, I, I get while we're popular in America, we speak English, but why does China have one download? Why does Australia have one download? They don't speak English. That's my question is, why didn't they keep giving us a chance? What did we do to alienate our, our precious Chinese and Australian listeners other than not speak their native language? Uh, you know, there was that one time where you just made fun of Australia so much that even I had to be like, John, that's a little too much. I mean, it's just a pot full of sand and spiders. A pot? Yeah. I think it's more of a plate, John. Uh, pot, plate, I think it's a saucer full of, full of, full of beer and dingoes. Uh, you're really, you're really alienating us with the, uh, with the Australian people. Look, (laughs) I mean, maybe they'll come back. Maybe, but I highly doubt it. You just gotta, you just gotta treat them right, and by that I mean make fun of them until they come back. Actually, they would probably be into that as far, uh, as much as I know about Australians. Very self-deprecating people. And uh, they very much like their country, but then at the same time they admit that everything's trying to kill them. Yeah, and Americans can't do the same. Well, no, only our government's trying to kill us. Only our government and brown recluse spiders. Oh, fuck those things. Do you still live in a place where a brown recluse can get you? Uh, I think we're more in Black Widow territory. Oh, you crossed over to the Black Widow line. A war is coming. <laughs> between 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 brown recluse spiders and black widows. You know, Eight-Legged Freaks needs a sequel, but it, it's one where 
humans have to pick a side, black widows or brown recluse. Can you imagine 200 pounds of spiders? Uh, no. I would I would probably, like, short-circuit somewhere in my brain and just drop dead. Did you know every house in America has an average of 200 pounds of spiders in You're it? You're lying. That's a made-up fact. Sure it is. That's fake news. I'm going to give you three facts and you tell me which ones are true and which ones aren't. All right. Also, only one of them will be false. <laughs> okay. Every house has, on average, 200 pounds of spiders in it. I mean, it. that's false, so... Every year, one pine cone gives birth to a baby wasp. <laughs> Wait, that's also false? Uh, the, the USA show Psych is uh, being made into a movie. That's true, that's coming out December. You discovered my lie. Which one was a lie? The wasp. Oh, no. An average house does not have 200 pounds of spiders in it. Okay, you know every spider you see in a house? Yeah. You know how they say that for every piece of negative feedback you get on something, that that's the feelings of a thousand people? I've never heard of that. It's a marketing thing. Okay. Did you know that for every spider you see in your house... That's two pounds of spiders you're not seeing. <laughs> Who's measuring them in pounds? They're so numerous you can't just count them. Pounds of spiders? Just That <clears throat> sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, just imagine one pound of spiders. No, I don't want to. That's like, that's a thousand spiders. I mean, depending on their size. Oh, so they're huge flesh spider things? I mean, you'd you'd need way fewer ranchos to make up a pound of spiders than you would like a little uh, little uh, little spitters. What are, are those types of spiders? Yeah, oh. you know, ran, ranchos. I've never heard of a rancho. It's uh, you might know it as a tarantula. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not hip to spider lingo. I've never been hip to spider lingo. Uh, give me a spider, and I'll tell you its lingo name. Uh, the wolf spider. Little Wolfies. Uh, the hunt Huntsman. Drumsticks. <laughs> the Trapdoor Spider. Oh, uh, Ceiling Frogs. <laughs> ceiling? What? <laughs> they live in, hey, don't worry They about live it. in the ground. Keep going, keep them coming. Um, the Jumping Spider. Boo Radley. Boo Radley? Yeah, Boo Radley. What is, um, Spider-Man? F. Scott Fitzgerald. That's... There's no way that's true. Uh, give me one more. Spider-Woman. Goku. <laughs> John, I don't think those are real. Uh, six of them are real and one of them is fake. Why do you keep... what? <laughs> Everything is a six of these are real and one of them's fake thing with you. I only tell the truth, but I only tell lies. You're the same person. Which one will you ask to get to the secret door? Why is the door a secret? Shit. <laughs> he discovered my lie. <laughs> oh, man. Alright. Hey, uh, would, would you rather... Uh, wait. If you could have one superpower... Again. And that superpower was that you had a million dollars. But... But every time... Uh, every time you lied... You had to say, don't discover my lie. Is there a question here? 
<laughs> uh, not really. Sorry, I I got in a weird brain space there for a second. No, finish it. I want to know if, what I would do. Oh, I'm just saying, do you want a million dollars? Yes, I will love a million dollars. But you can't lie. I can't lie. I just have to say, don't discover my lie afterward. How, how loud do I have to say it? Uh, loud enough. So that the person I'm talking to hears, or that so I hear? Uh, so that whatever is dramatically appropriate. Like, if there's a, if, if you're lying, uh, next to a helicopter that's on, you would shout it. Alright, now here, here's, here's the real question. Uh, what if I'm texting someone? If you're texting someone, you just say it. Out loud? Out loud, you don't, you don't type it. Oh, that's easy. I take the million dollars, and I never leave my house, and I only text people. That's pretty good, but don't use speech to text. No, 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 I can't, because then I would have to say, don't discover my lie. And then it would just come out to, like, don't discover my lie, but it would be, like, L-Y-E. Yeah, as in, wait, what? what is L-Y-E? It's like an acid. Yeah, it's used with soap? Yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club. Henry, you met me at a very strange time in my life. Okay, Ed Norton. Huh, I'm the Hulk. Bum, bum, only in one movie, though. Mark Ruffalo. Took over for two movies, yo. Then I was in Birdman. Mark Ruffalo is a bird... Wait, no, Ed Norton. <laughs> ah, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. Six degrees, of, uh, six degrees of Mark Ruffalo. Oh. Edward Norton was in Birdman with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton... Was in Spotlight with Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. <laughs> Wait, so is it Six Degrees of the Hulk? Oh, I dropped my microphone. What the? <laughs> John, what just happened? <laughs> oh, oh, I dropped my microphone on my foot. Why Why were you holding your microphone? <laughs> I wasn't holding it, I was just rotating. <laughs> is your f- I was trying to scratch my foot. <laughs> with your microphone? I, uh, there was a there was a whole thing. It's fine. All right. Well, boy, that killed twenty minutes. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't be so time conscious of our content. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to kill twenty minutes. I actually had things to talk about. Like what? I had like a like a what did you watch? I had things that I were watching. Oh, you watched something? Yeah, I've been watching a lot of the Great British Bake Off. I've heard a lot of that online. Did it like just get added to Netflix or something? It's been on Netflix for a minute, but uh, the internet kind of attaches itself to things, zeitgeist and everything. I know nothing about the Great British Bake Off other than I've seen like a host or a judge for it on one of those big fat quiz of everythings. Yeah, uh, that's probably um, Mel yeah. or Sue. Mel sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, they're, uh, it's hosted by a comedy duo. That's pretty neat. And uh, the judges are really accomplished, like, TV, like, chef personalities. Okay, so Gordon Ramsay. Except they're, like, way better than Gordon Ramsay. Okay, the whole reason why this show is great is it's, like, an aspirin for the current, like, socioeconomic and entertainment environment. So it's, like, more wholesome than it is, like, uh, drama-inducing. Absolutely, because, like, it's a, co- it's a competition. People get voted off and you you whittle a group down until there's ultimately a winner but when people get removed number one uh they they lead every 
elimination by saying, here's the person who did the best job this week. They pin a little badge on them. They congratulate them. Gold stars all around. And uh, the person who gets kicked off, they still get hugged and kissed. And like people are like, oh, I miss you so much. It's very positive. Yeah, I, I guess... Because it's a reality show based in a different country, and we don't get exposed to that too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, our reality shows are all about the, the drama and the feuds, and it's like, I didn't come here to make friends. Stuff like that. And, and so much of that is in the editing, oh. where they they specifically edit it to look like it's a, it's a knockdown, drag-out competition. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the editing is, creates the narrative. And the narrative is always, like, trying to keep you from commercial break to commercial break. But I, I would think, is the Great British Bake Off show, is that on BBC? Yes. So there's no commercial breaks? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, because a lot of their programming, because they, they pay uh, a fee, a license fee for their television Mm-hmm. So that takes care of a lot. They'll have commercials in between shows, but not during shows. Why can't all TV be that way? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people in America wouldn't. I have no idea. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I guess it's because, like, with British TV, they only get like six channels through that, and the rest, like, if you want more channels than that, you would have to pay a cable subscription. True. It's like. They've got six PBSs, basically. I would recommend that if you are having a particularly down day at any point, just watch some Great British Bake Off. My girlfriend checked it out, and she, she seemed to like it, although she was still sad that they, they voted people off. Yeah, the uh, the, the voting people off uh, at first just seems kind of like a cruel artifice. And then at the end, you get very, very invested. Okay, well that's interesting. Oh, I can't believe who just got voted off. My blood is boiling. Um, now, it's called a bake-off. Is it all baked goods, or, or is it actual cooking? There is no cooking. It is all baking. So it's all pastries and cupcakes and cookies and boiled blood? Yeah, and uh, every episode has a different theme. And the the cool thing about it is it's a cooking show plus competition show because they show you how to cook the things that are being cooked and, like, the mistakes people are making and what you should do if you were making it yourself. That sounds super awesome and helpful, as well as entertaining. And then the two celebrity baker chefs, uh, they have an additional hour-long show called um, Great British Bake Off Masterclass. Where they they actually go, like, step-by-step? They actually go step-by-step recipe, technique, how to make these gorgeous things that they're tasking these people with making to show that the most perfect versions of these things you can totally make at home that's really cool it's very good but do they use a lot of vinegar because they're british i haven't seen much vinegar but everything in uh in britain has at least eight cups of vinegar in it yeah i've heard that i heard vinegar is their like their base ingredient and it's also their ketchup they uh they drink it they drink it like ketchup there's uh, there's one guy who keeps drinking his custard. What a cut-up, Richard. And he's still around somehow? Oh yeah, he drinks everyone's custard. They call him Richard the Custard Thief. How, how, how does he not get voted off? Oh, because they love him. Is it is it that he sneaks just like enough cut custard into his dishes so that everybody likes it? Well, he... he he, he sips from seven custards, and six of them are his custard, and one of them is someone else's custard. Why does he have... And they have to... 
They have to choose which one he stole, and they always get it wrong. And then he dances his goblin dance. (laughs) This doesn't... Why does he have six custards? It's a very strange show. I don't know if you've ever been to Britain. I actually have once. Oh well, la di da. I'm sorry. I was 13. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna shoot me for that? How many custard goblins did you see? I didn't see any custard goblins. Well, that's that's damn strange. Cause you know what they say. What do they say, John? Uh, if you look around a room and you don't see any custard goblins, chances are you're the custard goblin. Oh, oh God. Oh, wait. What's this in my hand? It's a it's a glass jar of custard. Henry, I told you. I didn't want you to find out this way. And then my other hand, it's a it's 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 five other glass jars of custard. Wait, but but which one is the one you stole? No, it's my six glass jars of custard and I haven't stolen one yet. Oh, well, you need to get on that. Well, don't look in your pantry, John. Holy shit. Don't 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 do it, John. Wait, hold on, let me open my pantry. <laughs> I have an origami pantry door. Oh no! Oh, what is it, John? What do you see in your pantry? My, my single mason jar of custard is gone. Ho ho! Hee hee! Where is oh, it? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a custard goblin dance if I've ever heard one. Ho ho! Hee one of these jars isn't mine, John. Wait, is it... Is it that one? No. Wait, does that mean I guessed right or I guessed wrong? You guessed wrong. Shit, that means you get to keep my custard now. Quick, edit it in post so that it sounds like you got it right. Uh, okay, yay, I did it. Woo, you win your custard back. Oh, well, thank you, Did. You drank half of it, though. Well, I am a custard goblin, so... I guess it's better to have custard and lost than to never have custard at all. Hey, John, here's a question. What's up? What's custard? That's an egg. It's just an egg? It's like sweet, sweet eggs. Like sugar eggs? You ever had custard pie? I No, I have not. It's like cream and eggs and milk and stuff I've had f- all boiled up they, they freeze custard and make it ice cream sometimes right yeah and they bake it and make it uh the opposite of frozen hot 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 cream hot custard is pretty i'm i'm gonna say frozen custard is actually the exception to the rule and hot custard is more usual oh okay but what about no i see custard places like sonic now is like a a custard milkshake or something. I think that's just foodie culture. Look, I grew up in a very traditional household where we ate nothing but custard. And apparently 200 pounds of spiders. We ate every year on uh, St. Patrick's Day. We'd have the traditional uh, Irish feast of custard and 200 pounds of spiders. <laughs> that's gross. Uh, they weren't suspended in the custard or anything. We just ate them like trail mix. Oh, God. No. They were dead. That doesn't make it better. That makes it... It's still gross. There's still spiders. Eh. Ugh. I mean, there's nothing more appetizing in my mind 
than washing down a dry handful of spiders with some piping hot custard. Jesus Christ. We have lost every (laughs) listener that we ever had. Are we trying to lose our listeners today? Uh, It seems like it. We have had uh, a lot of very... I'm going to call it we had some good DC divisive content. Divisive content? Content that people can hate. Speaking of trying to lose your listeners, have you heard anything? Yes. Have you heard anything about Bill Nye's new show? I watched a couple episodes. What did you think, John? Um, I think I may have talked about this a little bit in the previous episode's preamble. Um, it seems like, uh, I don't know, it's very cheerleadery. They don't talk about a lot of actual science from the episode and a half that I watched. And, uh, they seem to, uh, invite fringe weirdos onto their panel discussion so they can make fun of them. Yeah, um... I have not. I, I will admit, I haven't. I haven't watched this new show because I, I did not like the title of the show because I thought it was a little too not scientific for a show that was supposedly going to be scientific. But what I've read from a lot of neutral reviewers and third parties and stuff like that is that it it's not a it's not a science show. It uh, it really isn't. It's just kind of a. Uh, I mean, it 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 cheerleads certain causes that I do very much believe in, but it doesn't really teach you anything. It just kind of reiterates things you already know, and that's like everybody. It's Zach Braff here to tell you about how important it is to keep doing the thing you've been doing, keep confirming your bias. So it's like, who's who's the audience for that? Because you're not gonna. You're not going to convince people who are, who are who are against it because you're not you're not showing evidence or proof of your claims. So oh, I think the audience for that is is very clearly defined as like the the kind of people who who confirm certain biases that they have. They just they seek things out to just tell them things that they already know. Whereas if you had a show that was wide-reaching and actually talked about the science, maybe you'd catch a few people who didn't believe in these things that I believe are happening and you could make them believe that they're happening exactly like if you don't present evidence and facts if you don't back up your claims with like stuff uh you're creating just a, a confirmation bias echo chamber and that's a problem because we this past election kind of showed us that echo chambers are dangerous so why who who made the decision to make this science show not science based um probably people at netflix who were like how can we make the most money while challenging ourselves the least you know you're probably right i i I think it would be a marketing director or an executive or something like that who's just like we're not trying to rock the boat we're just trying to support the boat of fast fat cash whales that keep buying netflix uh there was a moment where there was a there was a like a, the second episode is about alternative medicine. So like, and what like Western Eastern medicine or whatever. Yeah, like acupuncture or whatever. Okay. And uh, the, uh, it, it was very it was very very cringy because they were showing that um, that milk of magnesia lowers the acid content in your stomach, which is why it works. And and Bill Nye was like trying to test it with this. Uh, 
similar stuff that he bought at Whole Foods that was made of like time and garbage that doesn't work. Okay. So they, they had two solutions that were like, it will become bluer the more base it is and reducing acid, whatever. But the person they had helping Bill Nye was Steve Aoki, the electronic dance music guy. But why are they even having celebrity guests at all? Because he barely said anything. He said maybe 15 words, and then at the end he, he awkwardly fist-bumped Bill Nye, and the segment was over. What? Yeah! Well, why even bring on... Well, Zach Braff? Well, why even bring on celebrity guests? Why not bring on experts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's cool that you have people like Carly Kloss and... Zach Braff on there, but when you have Zach Braff on just at the end so you can yell at the audience both through the TV and in the studio, just going, just do something about climate change. We're going to do something, and then we're going to do it, and it's going to be better. And it's just, it's Bill Nye and Zach Braff yelling at you just to do something. Just anything. Not even a specific thing. It's... I uh, know it's it's kind of a mess. I didn't care for it. Yeah, it's, you had an opportunity. Bill Nye was like a hero to a, a generation of children, so you had an opportunity to make a show for adults about science using the same guy, and so you could update the the whole thing. You could bring in more science, bring in more complicated experiments, and you know ditch the kids. And instead, they kind of still aimed it at children, even though it's talking about adult material. I think they aimed it at a specific kind of child, which is a 20 to, like, 31-year-old child. And it's, it's things like this that make it hard to be in that demographic. <laughs> yeah, uh, when when things shoot for the lowest common denominator of commonly held beliefs, you're like, I... How do I support this? Because I I believe in these things. I believe these things are taking place. And I believe people should be informed. But I think we have to start being conscious of how we're informing people about these things. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to yell at people who already are on your side. And it makes no sense to keep reiterating things to people who are already on your side. So you got to meet the other side, the people who aren't on your side, with, with some compromise and bring on experts and maybe debate them, but then bring on experts and show proof, show evidence. That's science, for goodness sake. I also believe there was a moment uh, where I believe Bill and I said, to paraphrase my good friend Jay-Z, I've got 99 problems, and all of them are climate change. I don't think Jay-Z's ever said that. Uh, no, it's... Uh... It's just very, very out of touch. It sounds tone deaf. It sounds weird, and and it, I don't, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> uh, we should be. Uh, I mean, I'm a pretty leftist, progressive, liberal scumbag, and I think that that show is a great example that we just need to be careful about how we promote ourselves. Exactly, and you know, I've got some progressive ideals, but they're not whatever that is. Indeed. I'm leftist, but I still require hard evidence for a lot of things. Or, you know, just the, 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 the phrasing that this is accepted as true in the science community 
because like things like gravity we 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 have a lot of evidence but we still don't know how it works you know it's it's still this is accepted as true instead of this is true mhm i don't know I, I just i keep reading people's opinions on this new bill nye thing and i, I just have to shake my head and, and just think how did we get here you should watch an episode or two. I'm probably going to at one point or another, and, and then we'll see if, you know, I'll see if what people have been saying is, is true or not, and I'll be happy to update people via this podcast on my thoughts and feelings, which is one of the cool things about having a podcast is I, I can I can have this conversation, huh? So uh, next podcast, we are going to update you on Zero Credit's presence in Japan and Henry's feelings on Bill Nye Saves the World. Yep, we can. you can look forward to that. That is a promise. That's a guarantee. We're going to do these things, and we're especially going to do them because we told you about them. Yeah, any time we promise to do something, we always do it. Within an episode <laughs> or two. Yeah, we're pretty good about keeping promises, you know, 50-50. And uh, you know what else we could feature on that episode? What else could we feature, John? Correspondence with the listeners. Oh, you mean like if people wrote in or contacted us in any way, shape, or form? Such as by email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com, where you can send your questions, you can send your comic books, you can send your... Spider Pounds. Hey, if you've got opinions about what you think of Bill Nye Saves the World, why don't you send them in? And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch an episode or two, and then I we can read your your opinions and we can talk about them, and and that'll be great. And if you're part of uh, the 2015 generation, you can reach us on Twitter at zcpcwhj, which of course stands for uh, Zen Critters don't have feelings and if you want to send us a picture of a solid block of spiders feel free hashtag spider pounds if, if anyone does that i will immediately block you uh so if uh, if you want to be blocked send us pictures of a block of spiders get it spider block block for block we're gonna build this town out of spiders and if you can like comment and subscribe on the itunes page uh, if you can tell us what Stitcher is, if you can watch us play video games on twitch.tv slash zero credits, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe we should look into Stitcher again and see if it's it's really bad or if it's going to actually help us. Well, we should look into it. Ma- ma- hey, 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 listeners, if you know anything about Stitcher and how it operates and if you have an opinion of whether or not we should be on it, why don't you go ahead and get in contact with us via the means that we just laid out? Such as zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com, zcpcwhj on twitter.com, or just saying show face. Yeah, or sending us a message on Facebook by searching for zero credits podcast on Facebook. Or by sending us a picture of your abs on our non existent Instagram. Or finding us on Grinder. Uh, it is very difficult to find us on Grinder, but it is worth it. <laughs> yep, totally a thing. Guaranteed. All right. Uh, also, we are not on Tinder, but we are on Bumble. Wait, what's Bumble? Uh, don't worry about I it. I guess I'll look that up later. 
And uh, from me here, John, at Zero Credits, that's me saying, take it away, Henry. And from me here and Henry at Henry's Apartment Studios, I'm saying, that's me, and back to you, John. And that's me, John, from John Desk Studios, saying, Henry, take us out. And that's me, Henry, saying good night, everybody, and good luck, and that's a George Clooney film, and you should skip it, because it's rather boring. Bye. Good morning, Vietnam. That's a rather boring film you should watch about. Bye. Bye.